you are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. And one of the things that I love the most about Jenny Kane is how seamlessly all of their staples go together. Their iconic styles truly, truly make getting dressed so easy. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, so think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off. Now, if you love sweaters, Jenny Kane has an unrivaled selection that will become your new obsession. They are known for their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters, and they do cashmere pretty much better than anyone. My Jenny Kane Everyday Sweater is hands down one of my favorite and most versatile sweaters that I own. First off, it is so super soft and cozy, I feel like I am getting a hug every time I wear it. And its wool cashmere blend makes it a great option from fall through spring. For those cooler summer evenings, Jenny Kane also has a great selection of cotton and linen sweaters. And if that wasn't enough, they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase. Find your new staples at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code BIRTHFUL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com. So JennyKane.com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons... OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend OneSkin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use one skin prep to wash my face. Then I apply their OS1i topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today's show is about diastasis recti, which is a separation between your abdominal muscles. It turns out that two in three women who have had two or more babies have a diastasis, but why do they happen? Why are pregnant women more at risk? Can they be prevented? If you have one, how can you heal it? Bethany Learns is here to tell us more. Stay tuned. The Birthful Podcast. Talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. 
I'm super excited to have Bethany learn, Bethany learn on the show to talk about diastasis, which is of immense concern for many mamas, and to see if we can dispel some of the myths around the topic and get some really good, solid information. But first, let me tell you a bit about Bethany. She's been into fitness practically her whole life. At just 18 years of age, she became certified through the Aerobics and Fitness Association of America and has maintained that certification with a wide variety of courses and workshops and personal research for 16 years now. Bethany also holds a bachelor's degree from Oregon State University in exercise and sports science with her option in fitness program management. And more recently, she has aimed her focus on prenatal fitness and the importance of core strength for pregnant and new moms, as well as pelvic floor fitness. So this shift came after she herself went through three pregnancies, which left her, left her with a muddled middle, as she says, and feeling like a beginner again. So Bethany realized that most of her training and experience with fitness was skewed toward bodies that have never been affected by surgery, pregnancy, or desk jobs. And so she set out to change all that by making fitness accessible to everyday people. Through her fit-to-be studio, she helps new parents get back into a fitness groove through diastasis-aware workouts that allow new moms to unmuddle their middle without ripping their bodies apart. Bethany, welcome to the show. So happy that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be a part of it. Yay. And I love this unmuddle the middle. (laughs) It's hard to say. It's easier to write than say. Oh, I have so much fun with writing and alliteration. I was a writer before I was ever a fitness chick and took journalism classes. So whenever I get the chance to come up with a fun expression, I have a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. I like this one. So we're here going to be talking today about diastasis recti. And so for those who have not heard what it is, what it's about, can you tell us? Let's start by by defining it. What is a diastasis? Mm. So... A lot of people simply call diastasis a gap. Some people call it a hole in their tummy. Um, I hear women refer to it like the alien bulge that sticks out of my belly when I try to sit up. Um, Some people refer to it as mummy tummy because it's often associated with pregnant women. However, um, it's not just relegated to pregnant um, or newly delivered moms. We see it in men and children as well. And that's because it is caused by excessive intra-abdominal pressure and a lot of excessive forward flexion or a lot of hyperextension. So people that are slouching and sitting forward a lot so their bellies pooch out, or gymnasts, um, ballet dancers that are doing a lot of back arching so that their abdominal muscles are constantly being pulled on and stretched. What happens is that the fascia that runs down the center of your middle holds the two sides of your abdominal wall together. Um, If you look at a really defined athlete with a six-pack, quote-unquote, you'll see that divot down the center of their six-pack, and it's that divot that kind of widens so that the two sides just shift apart, and some people call it the Grand Canyon, Um, and and, uh, the goal of diastasis aware fitness is to take the pressure off, to move in such a way that that we allow the two sides of the abdominals to move back together where they belong again. Because when the abs are so far apart and that fascia is so thin and weak that it's not holding you together properly, there is a lot of other problems that can happen. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard about diastasis and looked into it, it was a revelation to me because I didn't even realize that you know, those two abdominal, the abdominal recti that go sort of from your rib cage down to to your, like your pubic area, that they're just sitting side by side, that there's only this little tissue holding them together. And, right. and just behind that tissue is your organs. So <laughs> when... Yeah, there's, there's no bony structure that's guarding your belly and your internal bits. If you get punched in the stomach... Um, if you fall down, I mean, that's why it's, it's so important for that fascia and your abdominal musculature to be strong and thick and healthy. But a lot of people, women especially of childbearing age, are dealing with really thinned out, cellophane, 
thin thickness abdominals because of all the pressure that their bellies have been under and they lack the information and education because nobody's told them on how fixable it is. Mm -hmm. So what causes that pressure when you're not pregnant? I I can see like when you're pregnant that the growing belly baby and all that stuff that's in it is putting pressure on it. But Mm -hmm. in general, in our lives, you said it's just not not just moms who have it. What causes that imbalance in pressure? Well, like I mentioned just briefly, but I'll go more into it, is um, the pressure can come from a lot of back arching, um, gymnastics, ballet, um, yoga poses. Certain yoga poses can really put a lot of pressure there. Um, And also a lot of slouching or people that have jobs where they're constantly bending over so that the weight of their organs is gently pressing down on the linea alba, which is the name of that fascia. And so over time, that fascia just gets worn down. Now, that's more of a chronic situation. Um, as a more acute situation, um, you know, pregnancy would be more acute where there's just a lot of pressure over a shorter period of time. But um, my nephew, for example, um, young, young child, had a three-finger separation in his abdominal wall at age three or four is when I checked him. Hmm. Um, he was adopted from Ethiopia, and he was dealing with Giardia. He had that, um, that big Buddha belly, so to speak. And so all of that pressure from his intestinal problems over time left him looking like a little pregnant child. And that pressure caused a separation that was, it was so heartbreaking because many women finish their first pregnancies with about a two to three finger separation. So if you imagine that separation on a child, you've got a kid that can't run and keep up with other kids. And he did, he ran like he was very wobbly and he had a lot of tummy problems. His tummy hurt all the time. And because his abdominals were not holding his internal bits where they belong, it was a vicious circle. And and we see that a lot where the abs aren't functioning, so now the organs are kind of hanging further out from the midline, and now the organs are not able to properly do their jobs because they're not being supported in their proper positions. So it causes backup in the colon. Um, It causes bloating and gastric distress. Um, It causes lower back pain. Um, and so, and those things turn around and perpetuate the same problems again, because if you have back pain, then you feel like sitting and slouching on the couch more. And when you sit and slouch, it puts more pressure in your tummy, which then pressurizes the diastases to open even more. Mm-hmm. So obviously posture is a huge part of this. How can, going back to pregnant women, um, what are things that, you know, how can pregnant women uh, avoid having getting a diastasis i guess for first time moms or moms who don't already have one what are some of those precautions so right away i want to address the fact that um, the studies that have been done strongly indicate that every woman will finish her pregnancy with a slight diastasis if not a larger one we can work to minimize the size of it Um, Your abdominals are designed to stretch apart. So really, um, that fascia is meant to to thin out a bit and separate, to make room for a growing baby, and that's a beautiful thing, okay? It would not be good for a baby to try to grow inside a belly that didn't have some give in it, right? Mm -hmm. No, and thank you for dispelling that myth. (laughs) What we're trying to do is make sure that that diastasis doesn't get any wider than it has to be during pregnancy and that we get the mom the education and resources that she needs to be able to narrow that gap, that separation back down as quickly as she can after she delivers, which will dramatically shorten her overall recovery from birth. Now, the things that she can do during pregnancy, oh, I one could write a book, but to sum up briefly, um, and I encourage everybody listening to go to fittobe.us backslash blog because there's so much information there. Um, new blogs just right now I've been writing about chemistry and what we eat, how we move. It all affects our core. Um, it's very important that mama eats a diet that's rich in foods that are high in iron, um, high in protein, um, calcium, magnesium, those building block nutrients that keep her fascia healthy. Okay. Um, it's also important that she avoids movements that are going to pressurize her core even more. Um, the sad fact is that in the mainstream fitness industry, um, I am still reading current articles from a lot of them about, 
oh, yeah, it's okay. If you've been doing sit-ups before pregnancy, keep doing sit-ups. No. Um, no crunches, no sit-ups, and no no full planks in the third trimester, please. Um, those movements are high-pressure moments um, that create an enormous amount of forward forceful pressure on the fascia of the abdominal wall. And there are so many other ways to work the abs, and we'll go into that later, um, but those movements just really make things a lot worse. And we have better ways of training the core and the abdominal wall. Um, the other thing is that those moves also put a lot of pressure on the pelvic floor. So you're also looking at a longer recovery um, to your pelvic floor when you have been putting extra pressure on it during pregnancy. So um, there's nutrition, there's your style of fitness, making sure that your style of fitness doesn't make your diastases worse, okay? And then there's also your just daily alignment, and really that is the biggest thing, is we need to um, inform and empower women that we are, we are meant to walk like queens. We are not meant to sit and slouch. And I know you're tired. I have been pregnant. Okay. I know the baby gets up in your ribs. They're pushing. You're exhausted. You just want to just flop, right? But you need to support your body, um, when you're sitting, when you're standing, when you're sleeping in a way that supports your belly, okay? Not just for the sake of the baby, but for the sake of your own body. Uh, moving in ways that, that again, keeps pressure out of your belly and out of your pelvic floor. And um, we, I have a lot of cues that I use um, when I'm teaching. I have some awesome pregnancy videos on fit to be um, that, that our members use when they're pregnant. We have just basic alignment training. We have stuff that recruits the transverse abdominis, which is a muscle that really assists you in birth. So we teach pregnant women how to recruit that muscle um, for the sake of minimizing their diastases, but also for the sake of assisting them in their labor down the road. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to learn, but the awesome part about all the stuff that you have to learn is that it's nothing that you'll just use for a little while and then ditch. It's stuff that helps you in your daily life, whether you're pregnant or not, whether you have a diastasis or not, because nobody wants to look slouchy. We all want to look tall and proud and erect. Um, and so when we learn proper alignment, it's not just for our abs, it's for our digestion, it's for our joint health, it's for our energy level. Um, you, you move how you feel and you feel how you move. So yeah. there's so much that translates across the board. Well, and that core is so vital and important. And, and if we look at cultures, it's not just physically, but also energetically. And like you said, that's the part of your body that's not kind of protected by bones, but just out there and pliable. So yeah. it makes sense that we should pay attention to it. And now, one of the as a as a childbirth educator and and doula and all this, one of the things that we're constantly told, and it becomes kind of a pet peeve, is this thing of as a species, you know, like chairs, right? So as mm -hmm. a species, we shouldn't be sitting in chairs. We should be squatting. We should be like up and down. <laughs> and do you, is that a pet peeve of yours as well? The sitting. Not that I, like I spend most of my days sitting anyway, but yeah, oh, I'm sitting right now. Yeah, um, me too. Oh, um, I, it's a pet peeve. The thing I'm trying to do to educate my, my fans and my crowd is that it's not that sitting is wrong. It's the fact that we get stuck sitting in one position. Um, and then we could, okay, we could just stand in one place all day. That still doesn't solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if we walked all day, that could also create problems. We're an obsessive species. Um, we do things all or nothing. And that is not how we truly survive, though. Our bodies need variety. So one thing I do in my daily life is I set a timer um, for a half hour, 45 minutes, if I'm going to be working at my computer, which even though I'm a fitness chick and even though I move a lot, a lot of my work is still at a computer writing and communicating with people. And I have to set boundaries for myself. And so I'll set my timer. When it goes off, I get up, get a drink of water, move, stretch, do a little bit of housework, go for a quick walk up and down the driveway. That way my body gets a boost of metabolism and energy and I'm able to continue and keep going. And I feel so much better when I do that. And I also will change positions so that I'm not just at my table. I'll sit down. I have a squatting workstation. 
I have a wide leg workstation. I have, let me see, I have a standing workstation. I have a few different places around my house where I do my computer work so that my body gets some of that variety and that stretching. Hmm. That sounds fantastic. I am the I'm, now I'm curious to see pictures. <laughs> I, and I, uh, there's some blogs about it. On <laughs> I'll go look and link and post. Um, what What about sitting on a like? One of the things we talk a lot about is sitting on an exercise ball as a birth ball and using that instead of ch- of chair to try to vary things up and not slouch so much. What do you think about that? Um, I love birth balls. Those big exercise balls. Um, they provide some awesome biofeedback for the pelvic floor as well. Um, and when you sit squarely on one, not tucking under, because we can get lazy on any piece of equipment, okay? You sit on a birth ball long enough, your muscles are going to get tired and you're going to slouch and tuck, okay? So again, you need variety. But I love using the ball um, because you can really feel your pelvic floor there. And I used it um, during both of my labors. Um, I have a girlfriend that used it her entire labor. I mean, clear up until pushing phase, she would sit on it between contractions and then stand up and sway her hips when she was having a contraction and sit back down. So, I mean, they're an awesome tool to have. I don't currently have one in my house right now because my kids popped it. Uh Uh, You know, so when you have older kids around who (laughs) view your fitness and birth props as their own personal play gyms, uh, things get a little interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those have a... a a big a, a burst I'm trying to think what the word is the, a burst resistant like that must have been a big pop well and when they take it outside and bounce it on the rocks and roll <laughs> on it in the gravel you know yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a weight issue so much as a wear and tear issue what you mentioned a lot of postures and when you were talking about the crunches and the um you know the planks immediately I thought of yoga because prenatal yoga is very much recommended it's a great exercise and a way great way to keep active for for pregnant moms what are the things in your experience that they should really be mindful of this is a really challenging one to answer and um i'm going to tell you i just just this last friday submitted an entire lesson on yoga and diastasis recti modifications for yoga instructors and a 200-hour teacher training that an elite yogini friend of mine is writing and is going to be teaching this next year. It was a huge honor to write this lesson, um, and she wanted me to fit all the information into three or five pages, and it was nine pages. There is so much that has to be considered when it comes to yoga and the core, and um, the reality is that a lot of prenatal yoga while it is awesome for keeping the mom moving and birth positioning, um, and it is much more gentle on a mom's body than running, um, not that you can't run, um, CrossFit, you know, it's, it's a good alternative to that stuff. A lot of it is contraindicated for a mom who is pregnant who already has a diastasis that is fairly wide and deep. And then the tragedy is that if a mother has a wide diastasis that's wide and deep, and then she makes it worse with yoga that she thinks is going to help her with her recovery and her birth down the road, if a diastasis gets too wide and deep, it can cause pendulous uterus. Um, it can interfere with the transverse abdominis' ability to assist the uterus in fetal expulsion. Um, mm-hmm. And now you've got her having a longer labor because she did yoga poses that made her diastasis worse. A longer pushing phase because her transverse isn't assisting and a longer recovery because now she's got a five or six finger diastasis instead of a two or three finger diastasis. Okay. And so there is a lot to take in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Like, like I'm trying to stop you because there's so much in what you just said that I'm like, wait, wait, let's, let's try to break it down and take it by steps. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a hundred times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? 
For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com so airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code birthful hey mighty one as you approach the journey into birth and parenthood now is the perfect time to make your home a serene and nurturing haven with the help of home threads at home threads you'll discover furniture designed for comfort and functionality from cozy nursing chairs to versatile baby friendly storage as well as a super wide array of options to spruce up any room in your house home threads can help make your home the perfect nest for your growing family and at a great value I so appreciate that wide range of styles that you can find at Home Threads. For example, I was ecstatic when I found a pair of truly stunning mid-century curved walnut dining chairs that somehow perfectly match my home office chair. I mean, what are the chances? These chairs are not only gorgeous in their light green upholstery, but also super sturdy and just so comfortable. I simply adore them. Explore the amazing finds Home Threads has waiting for you. Go to homethreads.com slash birthful and get a code for 15% off your first order. Do make sure to go to our unique URL of homethreads.com slash birthful to get your discount. Home Threads, love where you live. There are some general movement categories within yoga that require modifications. Would you like me to share a few of those? Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and then like I had specific questions about like how wide and deep is too deep. And so, but we'll get into that first uh, uh, afterwards. Tell me about the positions first. So um, some of the things that, that especially a pregnant mama needs to be mindful of is things like spinal hyperextension. So things like wheel pose and, um, just anything where you're bending backward or severely arching the back and flaring the the ribs. Like okay? camel. Um, because that's going to push a camel pose, things that push the belly forward, all right? Um, inversions, it's not so much the being upside down because being upside down can actually take some pressure out of the pelvic floor, right? Mm-hmm. But it is the transition into the inversion that often creates an enormous amount of inner abdominal pressure. So... It's using sideline transitions instead of jackknifing up or just rolling forward into something. It's about engaging the abs. Um, what I teach in our foundational videos is how do you engage your abdominals to move and change positions. It's hugely important. Unsupported prone poses. So when, when you're in a plank pose and your belly is just hanging down into outer space, there's no bones to support the weight of your internal organs and your baby. And so if your abdominal fascia is already thinning, um, that's just going to make it thin more. Um, and then crunching and curling motions. I'm amazed at how many yoga instructors will bring crunches into the end of a yoga class. And that's just so unnecessary because if you are working on maintaining neutral spine, that is the work of your core. You've done core work the entire class, right? Mm-hmm. And then big twists um, is the last one. Um when you twist really big to the side, so for example, um, bound side angle or just side angle, um, uh, to do Pilates, it'd be things like the saw, 
um, the bicycle motion, you know, opposite elbow to opposite knee, the way that your obliques flex during motions like that literally pulls on the linea alba. And when the linea alba, that fascia that holds your abs together is, is not healthy or it's, it's thinning, it's just going to thin it more. It's just going to pull on it more. So in reality, we're dealing with um, a compromised core. And just like any other injury, okay, we need to make some modifications. If you have a strained ankle, you're not going to go run a marathon on it, okay? You're going to support it. You're going to wrap it. You're going to take it easy for a while. You're going to do some restorative exercises that are within a healthy range of motion. And then you're going to rebuild your stability and then layer back in some of those more challenging positions. So it's just about when you're pregnant, you need to be mindful of how far you're twisting. Okay. You need to, and it's not, you know, for a long time they would say, oh, don't twist because you could wrap the baby's cord around its head. No. Because the baby's inside of its own bubble, okay, it's, it's not necessarily affected by your twisting motions that way, um, but it is about your abdominals and keeping your abdominal integrity in place. Um, and then, again, things where you're sitting up or curling straight up, it's so much better to roll to your side and sit up from your side. It's less pressure on your back, less pressure on your belly, less pressure on your neck, Lots of lots of things to think about. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think, of course, of like ways of sleeping, because usually you're sleeping on your side and you're kind of, you know, need to roll out of bed, <laughs> need to yeah. roll. Yeah. Roll yeah, everywhere. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling everywhere at some point. Yeah. Um, and it's um, in, in fit to be, I have a pregnancy pathway and I have maternity yoga and I have mixes of Pilates and yoga. Um, and I have some basic aerobics videos that you can do that all keep, um, a compromised core in mind. And I always welcome yoga instructors, please come and, and take my videos and, and learn and take them into your classes because it really is a kind of a different way of teaching. Um, but it can be done and, and teaching in a core aware way can again, only benefit the rest of your class. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. I love this. Um, now talking about how, um, we're not going to get into the details of how to measure for a, a diastasis because there's lots of like videos and, and radio or audio is not the best instrument okay. for this. <laughs> So we urge people to go and check out. I'm sure you, you have videos in fit to be Yeah, we do. If, if they go to fit to bcom or fit to bus um, and you, they just click on where it says diastases in the top navigation bar, that will take them to our video self-check page, which has two very, very comprehensive videos that we filmed with a physical therapist who is a specialist in core rehabilitation. So it's not just your average personal trainer laying on her back in some YouTube video poking at her tummy. This is a woman who works daily in a clinic with women with their diastases, and she is an amazing healer. She's um, been through a ton with her own core and has narrowed her own gap down after eight pregnancies and, and losing five of those babies. So she just relates to women on all different levels. And um, it's just very, very professional quality. You will understand how to check your own core by the time you're done with it. Fantastic. What is her name? Her name is Kelly Dean with The Tummy Team. And you can find her at thetummyteam.com. She's awesome. Good. We do a shout out to Kelly. And I will link on the show notes. So go check your belly there. But then once they have, they've checked it and they figure it out. Like you talked about if it's wide and deep, be extra cautious. What? What is kind of normal? What is something to be concerned about? What, what is something to be really concerned about? I love that question because as we learn more about diastases and, um, and all, of, all of the experts are doing more research and we're working with more clients so there's more information readily available to us, we are learning that not every gap is a diastasis to worry about and fret about and obsess about. Um, there are women who have a two-finger gap um, that is nice and shallow. They can't press into it, and you know we consider a one finger to be close. So you're always going to have a little bit of a space there because you have a belly button. Your belly button is not going to disappear. Okay, um, we have that separation to make room for the the umbilicus that fed us when we were inside of our mothers, and that's not going to go away. Um, but 
there are people that have functional diastases and people that have very dysfunctional diastases. And so you might have somebody with a two finger gap, um, you know, shallow, maybe medium thickness, um, and they're fine. They're not having any pelvic problems. They're not having any low back pain. Um, they can do all the movements without their diastases reopening and they're in great shape. Then you have somebody that has a two or three finger separation where they can stick their fingers down inside it, clear up to the third knuckle and palpate the back of their spine. I'm not kidding about that. Wow. And, um, and then you have people that have, then you have people that have, you know, five, six, seven. I have had my hands in an eight finger separation. A woman had had twins and she was thin. She had a flat stomach. She was gorgeous. But she's like, I have been wetting my pants and I feel like I can't even walk. When I walk, I feel like I'm walking on a mattress. Like the whole world is moving underneath me because my stomach is so wobbly and everybody thinks I'm fine. And my doctor just says, it's all in my head and I can get surgery if I want to. And I was like, you need to go see Kelly. Um, because it is, you can rehabilitate that. But there is a huge difference between even a three or four finger separation that you can't press into and that there's resistance in the fascia. Okay. That's a diastasis that's well on its way to healing. Okay. And that's one that we need to continue to protect. We need to make sure that that person is not doing things that's going to make it worse. Okay. But they're well on their way. Whereas you can have, again, somebody that's got a three or four, that's deep and things are just not okay. If they get sucker punched in the belly at that point, they're looking at severe inner abdominal damage. Hmm. Um, and, and that's what this is really about is about your health. This is not a cosmetic thing. This is not just about losing the mummy tummy. Um, by all means, love your body and, and delight in the new curves and, and, and celebrate your tiger stripes, ladies. But please, if you've got pelvic floor dysfunction and separated abs and you can stick a fist in your belly, that is, that is something that you can fix. And you will be a better mom and a better wife and a better contributor to your society and your family and your world when your core is put back together. Well, and absolutely, not only that, but it's also, you know, <laughs> I've got so many things to say. Um, I <laughs> So many things. So many things, all the things. Um, yeah, not just about losing your, your tummy, your mummy tummy, but you mentioned, like, if you're walking around and peeing yourself, yeah. if you, like, can't now do can't do jump ropes or can't jump on a trampoline because you can feel things moving yeah if you're like like and like you were saying about this mama that she just walking was wobbly because she had no core strength that is beyond that's affecting your everything yeah but there is that double message out there right now um that i'm i'm half happy and half mad about that's like okay, let's celebrate the postpartum period and let's, let's just, you know, let's not shame moms because they look like moms. Amen. Amen to that. Standing ovation. Okay. Yes. But when I look at pictures and I see, cause I can see it, I can see the diastases in pictures and I'm like, Oh, but can I please just reach out and fix that mama? Because you know what? Yes, keep all of it, but don't keep the diastases because it is connected with chronic low back pain and it is connected with incontinence and it is connected with your movement mojo and your mental mojo and your mama mojo because if you got to say no to your babies all the time when they want to play with you because you're worried you're going to wet yourself and stink for the rest of the day, that's no fun. That's not how God designed us to live. We're supposed to have our babies and our abs are supposed to come back together and then we're ready to have the next baby right? But our society and the way that our fitness, the, not mine, but a lot of the fitness out there just wants to beat mamas up, boot camps and, and, and just get out and, and go crazy and get that six pack back. And it's like, well, hold on, let's, 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 let's love you and nourish you and, and find the gentle motions like what fit to be provides. That's going to help you put yourself back together so that you can be the person that you want to be and stop saying no to everything. Absolutely. And it is, we're all more than aware that dirt after pregnancy, the topography changes, but yeah. it can still be a healthy topography, Amen. not a dysfunctional one. I love how you said that. Oh my goodness. I, I need, I need to quote that. <laughs> we'll write it down. If only we had recorded it. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh wait, oh, wait we did. <laughs> but yes, no, that's it. Because you know, you can 
just saying, oh, love yourself. And, and that's kind of like for an order to love yourself. You can't just order yourself to love yourself. Like, don't beat up on yourself. But if you're unhappy with something, you've got three options. You can accept it, you can, you know, change it, or you can move on. Right. And, and, but if you're really, if something's affecting the rest of your health, the rest of your mental health, the way you interact, like you were saying, how you interact with your family, then yeah. that needs to change. Right. Because right. you can find happiness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just reading a blog yesterday from a very well-intentioned person who shall remain nameless that was all about, you know, hey, you know, finding beauty and being a mom and, and all the nitty gritty parts. And, and you know, there's beauty in, in the pain of birth and there's beauty in the trauma and there's beauty in the recovery. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> okay. But we still need to address the trauma. Mm -hmm. and, and interestingly enough, um, birth trauma goes hand in hand with a higher incidence and a higher um, a higher width of diastases because the mamas shut down on their core. They start sending hate messages to their core. You let me down. I don't like how you look. You, I had to be cut open. You failed me. I don't even want to look at you. I don't recognize you. I, I, and then, and then they sever the connection to their core even more. It's just, it's very, very sad. And, and, and those mamas need help. And just last night on, on our Facebook fan page, um, fit to be tummy safe fitness. I, I wrote, I said, be your belly's friend. It's been said that a friend is someone who knows where you've been, accepts where you are and still encourage you to grow. When it comes to your tummy, it should be the same way. You know where it's been and you know what it's done for you. You need to face it and accept it where it is now. It's yours and it's Mark's tell a unique story, but then you need to encourage its strength by addressing its weak areas with gentleness and love. Self-acceptance isn't about letting yourself fall apart or believing that brokenness is forever. It's saying that this is where I've been, this is where I'm at, and here are some attainable goals that fit within my values that will bless me, not break me more. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it's... <sighs> Because, uh, like I said before, it's also an, an, a, there's a lot of emotion and energy that happens in your core. Mm -hmm. It's well, well documented throughout cultures and and you know generations. So let's talk a little bit about that connection of postpartum mm. with your core. Like, what if you do? So you were saying every mom in their third trimester will experience to some level a diastasis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's look at postpartum and what are recommendations in terms of healing that or connecting that and assessing if things are coming back or if you need to do a little bit more of intervention? So, oh, so many things in my mind, like you said, all the things. Um, first of all, getting women that educational piece about their core, either before they're pregnant or during their pregnant, is a huge step toward minimizing how wide they finish their pregnancy, um, how deep their diastasis is um, after the baby comes. Now, there are some people who challenge the notion or the fact that every woman gets diastases because um, some of the studies don't check women who have had their babies until like a week or two after they've had them. The studies that check women immediately after birth, though, <clears throat> they all are showing that there is diastases there. Um, but it can naturally close, especially just in a first pregnancy and in a mama who has the right resources. She's supported at home. She supports her stomach with a, a wrap or a splint. Um, and we can talk more about that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and she starts doing those, those gentle supportive exercises that are really just breathing based right after she has her baby. Um, and that is really what I am the most passionate about teaching women is that you can start our foundational exercises on fit to be, excuse me, <clears throat> within just two to three days after you have a vaginal delivery and 10 days after a cesarean delivery. And really the belly breathing that you were doing when you were given birth, so there's no reason why you can't keep doing it after, um, that exhale to engage and draw the navel gently in, exhale to engage and lift the pelvic floor gently up, 
um, sort of like a kegel, but not, not the ketchup bottle squeeze kegel, just a gentle elevation, that should be begun just as soon as you can. Once things are just not so sore that it hurts to do anything, right? So as soon as the sooner you start to rebuild that connection, because everything's just so stretched out, right? Mm -hmm. Your, your vagina is all stretched out. Your belly's all stretched out. Your uterus is all stretched out. Nothing inside of you is in kind of the right spot. Yeah. I always say that because, you know, once the baby's out, you kind of feel deflated. Yes. That's it's all exactly. very loosey and goosey. You are because your muscles have been leaning against the baby and the baby's been leaning against the muscles. Well, now there's no baby. Mm-hmm. So um, I am a huge fan of splinting is what I call it. There's different names. There's even arguments about what we should call it. And I'm like, ah, can we just do it and stop arguing about it? <laughs> it is a huge debate. So yes, it's let's address ridiculous. this. There's nothing to debate. It's, it's You've got a woman whose belly is totally deflated and you have all these studies that talk about how splinting the belly shortens the recovery time. <clears throat> and you've got these moms. I have never had a mom who has been wrapped um, in a way that is correct because there are wrong ways to do it. We can debate that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, when she is properly supported, oh my goodness, her entire mentality changes. There's um, Now this, I don't know if this has been done in a study, but... Kelly from the tummy team has several case studies that she's done at the clinical level documenting how um, it reduces um, postpartum depression because now they're getting a constant hug of support and they're not feeling like they're coming apart at the seams while they're also trying to be a mom to a newborn and cook dinner and get the groceries and take care of any toddlers in the house. Yeah, and just feeling that support, that hug on your belly when everything's kind of deflated. um, helps you in your movements help you helps you be better positioned have better posture especially yeah, it, when you're so tired yeah and it it's about proper splinting is about getting the two sides of your abdominal wall right that have shifted apart okay it's getting them to reapproximate back together it's holding them in a position where they can heal right we don't deny a walking cast to somebody who has fractured their ankle right we, we put them in something that supports the bones in the right position so those bones can knit back together. If somebody hurts their wrist, we wrap it. If my cow out in the field sprains something, I go out there and I wrap it. I don't just say, good luck, have fun walking on that. It'll mm-hmm. heal naturally. I- I'm sorry to a sleep-deprived mama who is nursing for 11, 12, 15 hours a day and half of that at night when she's wanting to sleep and also trying to juggle all the balls that mothers juggle, <laughs> telling a woman, well, you'll, you'll heal if you just walk with good alignment. Because now, again, I am a big fan of alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Let's teach alignment. I teach alignment. But that's the whole, okay, we can, we can feed a man for a day or teach him to fish for a lifetime. But the person also still has to eat today. The mama still needs some support today. We're going to teach her alignment. We're going to teach her the proper movement mechanics for her fitness we're going to teach her about nutrition, but that takes time. And right now, she just needs some support. So you would encourage definitely moms to like have, especially immediately after giving birth, to yes. splint, to yes. help bring that healing together. But yes. then know that the idea is not to be wearing the splint forever. Like now this is your part of your being, just helping during the process. So what do you normally see in terms of a mom, say a mom who didn't have a diastasis before um, and has been doing some prevention and has been engaging her transverse muscle, so uses the splint, what does, what normally happens with that fascia in terms of timing like how because you mentioned that once in that study that they measured a few days after she had given birth as opposed to right after given birth and already there was healing mm-hmm. and you know that's one of those things where I like I wish I could reach into the studies that they're talking about and know like well what was that woman eating and what kind of support did she have at home I mean did she have to go home and start taking care of five kids um, or was she going home to complete support and people cooking meals for her so she could truly just rest in a, in a, in a good position and, and let her body truly start to heal. There's a lot to be said about, um, how our stress hormones and how our food 
affect the chemistry that affects how fast our fascia heals again. And again, mm-hmm. it's about multiple pregnancies. Okay. Women are for one pregnancy. Um, if you look at how many hits they've had to their abdominal wall, if you have a woman who has just had one pregnancy, those abs are going to heal pretty quick. And if she waits two or three years to have another baby, probably things are going to be pretty much narrowed down. And then she has another one, she's ready to go. But then you have women that their children are spaced closer together. There's so many factors and you need to consider those factors when you're trying to narrow your own diastases because you've got to give yourself grace. Okay. Um, you've got to give yourself time to heal. And if you've had baby after baby and also you've been breastfeeding all that time, then then it might be wider than you'd like for a while until you're done breastfeeding. And and to and to not be too hard on yourself and to know that again, like I mentioned earlier, you shouldn't be super concerned about your diastases if you're getting good resistance and you're functioning well, right? If you have fairly good energy and you're not wetting your pants and you're not dealing with chronic back pain, um, you know, keep moving forward. It's, it's when you're dealing with some debilitating dysfunctions that you really do need to seek help. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about the, and I know you met, we, when we talked earlier, you mentioned that you had just written a blog post about this, but about the chemistry of how breastfeeding and the chemistry, your, how your hormones are changed when you're breastfeeding, how that affects that fascia and how it's, it relates. Yes. And I'm sorry, I don't think I answered your previous question accurately. So let me do that really quick and then yeah. I'll answer your question about chemistry. Um, you know, in terms of the splinting, what we want to see is, um, let's say you're, you, you, it's been a while since you've had babies and um, so you're not even dealing with immediate postpartum. We encourage women to give their abs some of that extra support um, with a type of wrap that feels like a gentle hug, not a brace or a compression garment, okay, because that's a whole other ball of wax. Um, we want you to be supporting your abs to help them reapproximate close together for about six or eight weeks while you also do some exercises because we don't want to build dependence on it. So, and the, the marker line for that is if your diastasis is wider than about two and a half or three fingers and medium to deep, meaning you might be feeling a pulse when you put your hands inside the diastases and you can feel some organs or you might even feel the hint of your backbone. Um, that is a super deep and you definitely need to be splinting. Kelly also recommends some splinting when, um, when a mama is dealing with depression because she's like, you know, I, I've put one on moms who don't even have diastases, but they've got back pain and they've got incontinence because there's still some of the other residue of issues. The diastases is narrowed, but they're still having other symptoms, right? And it's, there's just something about being wrapped up kind of like you swaddle a baby. Um, and it just, it just helps. Okay. And so I guess that leads into some of the chemistry of it is, um, yeah. And I, and I did just yesterday put out a blog post about how your chemistry affects your diastases. And none of us can deny that, you know, you see a sappy commercial and, uh, you know, maybe it makes you cry or it, it gives you goosebumps. That's a physical reaction. Your emotions are triggering in your body. And that's, that's a chemical thing in your body. Your emotions are read as chemicals and they are so complex that even when I was in college, they're like, you know, we're, we're still, we're still figuring out how emotions and hormones, they're chemical messengers, but they happen so fast in the body that it's, it's hard to study them. Um, so we can't deny that what's happening emotionally and, and how we eat affects how we feel. Um, it affects our bodies at a physical level and there are foods and, um, there are situations that change our chemical balance. Okay. Um, if you are dealing with chronic anxiety, chronic stress, if you're in a situation where God forbid there is abuse, um, of any type or just constant tragedy, maybe there's been a loss in your family or you've had a loss and moved and had a baby, and 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 now you're dealing with a constant chemical wash of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, and you feel like you're constantly fight or flight. Um, whether you have a baby or not, in addition to all that, um, that is going to not help when it comes to any type of healing that you're trying to accomplish with any type of injury. 
okay? Because those hormones are making your body literally break itself down so that you're ready at any moment to fight or flight. Your body's not putting energy into healing. It's putting energy into a survival mode. And so if you feel like you're living in survival mode um, and you're feeling constantly exhausted and yet constantly on edge at the same time, looking at your adrenal glands, um, looking at your thyroid, having those things checked out, and also looking at your environment, look at what you're eating. Make sure that you're not eating too much caffeine, that you are eating nourishing foods. Um, it's real easy to start reaching for processed foods when you're living in a stressful situation and make a run to Taco Bell. Um, but it's you've, you've got to curb that stuff and refuel and give your body the building blocks that it needs for fascial regeneration, rebuilding the connective tissue in your abs. You, you, can't, you can't build something when you don't have the proper tools and equipment and material. We're doing a bathroom remodel upstairs and we, we, it came to a stop because my husband didn't have a couple boards that he needed and he was also needing a new tool. You know, they like to have a new tool. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so it was like everything came to a stop for several days because he needed to go to the store and then the store didn't have it, right? And it's the same thing in your body. If you don't have what you need, it's going to take longer. And, and don't let that discourage you though. If anything, let that be a message of grace to say, okay, I thought I was doing everything right. And maybe you were. You were doing everything right that you knew to do. And maybe this podcast is showing you a few more things that you can work on and a few more things to think about. So then you can say, okay, whoa, gosh, I've, I've been in a stressful situation. And maybe that's why it hasn't, okay, well, how do I de-stress? How do I remove these stressors? And, and you mentioned breastfeeding. Yeah, breastfeeding, every time you breastfeed that baby, um, you know, relaxin is released. That's a hormone that softens your tissues. And um, your lower abdominals are included in your pelvic region. So those are going to get hit by those softening hormones. Please, please don't stop nursing your baby just to close your diastasis, okay? <laughs> no, just wear that splint a little longer. <laughs> yeah, so do, do your exercises. Yes. Your breathing. Sit tall, make yourself a nursing throne, something that Kelly says about that as well, that supports your body. Um, and trust that your body will be primed to finish healing when you're done feeding your baby, okay? Um, you know, once you're weaned and those hormones leave your system, and that can take a couple months, you will feel so much better, so, so much better. Things will come, but you know, then you might get pregnant again. Okay, have some grace. Have some grace. We've actually seen some women narrow their diastases just a bit more in the first trimester before the baby really starts to pressurize the core. So um, there's just so much that you can do. I have to read this really quick. Um, I, when I posted the chemistry article on our fan page, um, a lady commented this morning. She said, I almost cried when I read this last night. My baby is four months old and I've been working on my diastasis recti since before I got pregnant with him. I still have a big squishy tummy. A C-section didn't help, I know. And I was so discouraged. Reading about nursing and lack of sleep's contribution to not being able to close the diastasis was so refreshing. I'm not a hopeless case. Maybe just a slow case this time. Thank you so much. And I wrote back and I said, I'm so glad it refreshed you and encouraged you because that's my biggest goal. I don't want to give people a big list of things to do but just a list of things to consider and, and know where you're at so that you can have mercy on your poor self. Yeah, no. And what's fascinating to me is that we started talking about a fitness issue, right? <laughs> and we have circled around to respecting the recovery, mm-hmm. which is something that comes up in this podcast over and over again, because... Mm-hmm. That's something that we don't honor um, at many levels in an you know individual level, in a systemic level, in a, a government supportive level, in a community and cultural level. Like our postpartum is broken and we're paying for it in that we see that at least one in seven moms will have some symptoms of, of postpartum mood uh, disorder. Mm-hmm. And one in three moms are saying that their birth experience was traumatic, which leads to more trauma during the postpartum because you're stuck in yeah. that, right? Yeah. You're not feeling like 
you can take on the world and have this baby and do everything, but you are sad. And plus, like you said, all your hormones are going through you. The baby blues are common for 80% of moms in the first two weeks. Without, like, and that's just normal part, not considering any postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it is yeah. fascinating to me how it circles back to if you want to heal you know, if you want to have that flat tummy and you want your tummy back, which is totally fine if you do, but you've got to go, you've got to start at a deeper place first to start right. healing that, mm-hmm. not just focus on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of women, um, they cry when I'm checking their tummies. Um, I, don't, I don't know how many women, I'll, I'll, you know, I ask them, can I, can I feel your tummy? I do diastasis checks in the community and, um, and they'll just cry and they'll say, I'm sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. Just let it out. Because we, like you said earlier, we pack so much emotion into that area. Literally, that is the seat of our reproductive health. That is the seat of our digestive health. And we know now that our digestive system, our gut sends twice as many signals to the brain as the brain sends. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. Yeah, there's some new, yeah, in the microbial system, our gut flora, um, there is a whole second brain in your belly. And if so if you've had birth trauma um, or, you, or you're dealing with a broken, debilitated core, or you've had C-section where your nerve connections have been disconnected, okay, there's healing for that. The tragedy is that many women are being told that's normal. If you want to fix it, get surgery. Oh, that's, you've had a C-section. That, that's normal. You're just going to be numb there forever. You're just going to have numbness. You're you just, you're just fine. You know, it's just aesthetic. You know, it's a cosmetic thing. And only now are insurance companies finally starting to recognize diastases as something beyond a cosmetic issue. Literally, um, there's only a couple of insurance companies that let, like, let, you get rehab for this. Do you know which ones? <laughs> I know Regents is one of them. Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, and I Kelly, um, because she you know, she's a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. She says there's another one, but I can't remember right now off the top of my head which one it is. Um, but it's just it's just sad that physical therapy is not made a priority. Um, and they have better systems in Australia um, where women get at least one appointment, not just a release from your doctor to, Hey, you can start having sexual relations and you're fine at six weeks, but it's a actual, um, pelvic floor exam that, and then they are taught how to do kegels and they are taught some of this stuff. We don't even have that here. No, it is so rare that I hear from a member of mine that, Hey, I actually found out about you through a doctor or, Hey, my doctor actually checked me for diastases and, you know, said that I need to do some of these little exercises. And then I found out about you and you have even more exercises. And it, it's, yeah, I have heard some amazing horror stories usually about doctors and what doctors say to women that just keep them um, basically crippled. It just keeps them crippled for longer. Yeah. It just makes me so furious. Let me tell you how I really feel about that. <laughs> well, one of the things, though, I think that we've got to, tell mamas and repeat and I thank you so much for for all your knowledge and your sharing is that really it's never too late to address a diastasis no it's not I've I've seen women in their 60s 70s and 80s fix it so especially and it's connected to to pelvic dysfunction and incontinence so one thing can help with the other I have I get together with my girlfriends and, you know, some of them are like, oh, yeah, I can't do a trampoline because I mean, I'm sending them this link. No, <laughs> I'm like, no, you have to listen what I talk to you, <laughs> what yes. I talk with Bethany. Um, but it's that hope of there. You don't have to just accept this as your reality. You can change it. You can make it better. It's never too late. And then you can also do things to prevent it just by being mindful and aware and also be kind to yourself that this is a normal, natural process of your ba- of your body that did an amazing thing of bringing a baby to the world. You are amazing. Yeah. And then we need to support you. So 
I yeah. thank you so much for all the work that you do and all the knowledge that you have. And I wish we could talk like for five hours more. I just realized this is probably one of the longest podcasts that I've done because <laughs> we we're, we're running but they're so it's so interesting so i will well, probably we'll have, have to, to do, do yeah we'll have to do a second part sure. um if listeners want to know more about you follow you get in contact with you how can they do that bethany um i'm on twitter at fit to be i'm on instagram at fit to be studio i'm on pinterest at fit to be mama um i am on facebook fit to be tummy safe fitness um, I am on my website, fitsbee.com. I am all over and so much free information on my website. You, um, you need to go on there, fitsbee.us backslash blog and just start reading. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. I work really, really, really hard to distill down research and facts into language everybody can understand and make fitness approachable and affordable for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I want to clarify that that fit to be, since people are listening, it's mm -hmm. F-I-T, then it's the number two, and then the letter B, yep. right? Yep. So it's you don't spell it out and you don't write B-E. It's F-I-T, yeah. the number two, the letter B. That's us. <laughs> I will, um, and yeah. you can just go to the to the show notes, and and there'll be more links there, and also you, links to all the ways you can contact Bethany. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me on. I hope that this brought hope and some new information and clarity to women who are listening. Yes, thank you for being on here. And if people have more mm -hmm. questions, then they can contact you to get even more clarity. Yes, and we'll just have to do another show. We will. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bethany. All right. Have a great day. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. 